Well, hello, it's Friday, the 1st of October. I say that, I can't believe it. The 1st of October, wow, that is wild. And indeed, the beautiful foliage is starting to change ever so slightly to the spectacular golden fiery colors of, well, New England fall or autumn, depending on where in the world you're listening. Um, look, I have some good news and bad news. Obviously, the bad news is that I'm coming at you not only late in the sense that I'm a week later than I intended to follow up to the prior episode, but also I'm late in the day, today on Friday. So if you are sufficiently bored or drunk or both tonight, then hopefully this will be some pretty enjoyable Friday evening listening. Uh, in any event, um, here's the idea. Uh, I, I was actually about to do this episode uh, on Tuesday as planned, um, and then it got delayed because, uh, well, one of my dearest friends and actually one of the advisors to our firm, Motive Mobility, uh, he and I agreed that it would make sense to do the episode together because, well, as a Tesla owner, he also is part of the full self-driving beta trial period like I am. And so we thought it made sense to kind of talk a bit about sort of what our thoughts on the whole thing generally and where things are headed. And as a generally all-around brilliant tech guy um, who happens also to be a lawyer and indeed even was a judge pro tem for some time, uh, we just thought it made sense to have a bit of a chat. Unfortunately, he's not available till next week, hopefully, but that won't prevent me from diving in and sort of unpacking a bit more about where we started last episode and kind of go into understanding what this safety score is all about, how it's calculated from Tesla, and frankly, open up a whole bunch of other questions that we may have besides. So without further more to say about that, let's dive in and get started. Hope you're sitting comfortably because episode 194, more on Tesla's full self-driving beta, begins now. Hear that? Believe it or not, summer is just around the corner. Luckily, Armorall, America's most trusted auto appearance brand, has what your car needs to get that perfect summer shine. Plus, now through May 31st, we'll give you $5 for every 20 you spend on Armorall products. That means car wash pods, protectant, tire shine, you name it. Find out how to get your $5 rebate at Armorall.com. Armorall, less work, more clean. Terms apply. By the way, before getting started, uh, I really wanted to talk about this in greater detail, but there isn't much to say yet, honestly, beyond the simple news headline that I just heard, and maybe you've heard it too, uh, that Cruise, GM's Cruise, uh, just got granted a permit in California to do true driverless testing um, throughout California, which I presume means there's going to be a lot of driverless uh, Chevy Bolts driving about the streets of San Francisco. So um, I don't have much more to say about that, but that is a really big deal, and I can't wait to dive in and do more on that as soon as there is, frankly, more information to share. Also, one other quick thing, it is worth mentioning Rivian and Lucid. I know this isn't really AV-specific, but with respect to EVs, which, as we always say, goes hand-in-hand with AV news, well, Rivian and Lucid finally have test vehicles on the road, and... And, well, I really want to get my hands on one or both of those. So if you happen to be at either Rivian or Lucid, or you know somebody who is, or you're just really good friends with either company's PR department, um, look, I want access to one of those cars somewhere here in the greater Boston area. I'm happy to drive a bit to get my hands on one. I desperately want to give those a proper test drive. So do reach out to me. Probably on LinkedIn is better, but try Twitter as well at Autonomous Hogue, and thank you very much indeed. So let's carry on then. All right, so it just occurred to me as I start this recording, I'm not even really sure who's going to be most 
interested in listening to this episode, or rather this series of episodes, is it going to be people like me who have a Tesla and are part of the full self-driving beta trial period to request full self-driving beta, or is it going to be people who uh, are just curious whether or not they own a Tesla, but not necessarily in the full self-driving beta trial period? Um, is it going to be people who, uh, frankly, are a huge fan of what's going on or those who are really adamantly opposed to it? Um, I actually have no idea, but regardless, I think it makes a lot of sense to kind of dive in and explain kind of what's what. So if you haven't listened to the past episode, uh, I think probably go ahead and do so, although not truly essential. Um, but look, let's just talk a bit about what's going on. So a bit of a recap. So last week, Elon had finally announced as he had sort of teased us, well, forever. Uh, he finally uh, let us know that there was an imminent software update to our Tesla vehicles, which would allow us not to get access to full self-driving beta, at least for those of us who have purchased full self-driving beta as part of the initial purchase of our vehicles, you know, way back when. Um, it wouldn't get us access to that, but rather it would allow us to request access. So just to be clear, it was a software update that allowed us to literally push a button which obviously became rather infamously trending in the hashtag world of Twitter and elsewhere as, as a full self-driving beta button or similar, something to that effect. <clears throat> and so once you, once you press that button, then you sort of check off, I think it was two or three rather different kind of acknowledgements and legal blah, blah, blah. And then the idea was you just kind of sit back and wait, and then who knows whether you'd be eventually granted access. Now, in the beginning, there was a bit of ambiguity. Nobody knew when this would be granted and frankly, what would go into uh, to, to, to enabling you to get access. But what we knew was that they were going to be grading you using essentially five different metrics. It wasn't clear at the time, at least not to me. And then rather embarrassingly, shortly after publishing last week's episode, of course, I stumbled across Tesla's webpage over at uh, tesla.com slash support slash safety dash score. You can just Google Tesla safety score. It should take you there. And well, not only do they explain in very simple, plain, transparent English exactly the five different metrics that they're using to determine your safety score, upon which they will then make um, a determination of whether you are, frankly, good enough, that is, safe enough to be granted Tesla full self-driving beta. Um, so they don't only explain it in plain English, but they also dive into the actual math for it. Like, they actually show you how these scores are calculated uh, for each of the various five metrics. Um, ultimately, then, of course, your safety score, sort of an aggregate, kind of a weighted average of all of these uh, various metrics is what will be used to determine whether you get access. Now, it's an interesting thing, really, because, well, nobody, first of all, really knows what the kind of minimum, you know, what's the lower bound threshold that'll grant you access. Uh, Elon, I believe, had tweeted mm, shortly thereafter that most people should be scoring at least above 80%. When I first started, um, I managed 97%. I've since brought that up to 98%. Um, and to be honest, most people, at least those who tend to be sharing this, you know, throughout the Twitterverse, also seem to be getting in the mid to high 90s. I, I think I actually saw one person with a with a 100 score, which is pretty remarkable. But um, but yeah, so I guess let's do this. Let's kind of go through those five different metrics. I'll kind of explain how it all works, and then I'll discuss sort of the lingering questions or rather I should say the concerns about how this is all working because just to kind of cut to the chase for a moment there is this obvious kind of concern circulating around the interwebs that in, in effect what this trial period is saying is in order to 
be granted access to what's essentially sort of tantamount to, well, Tesla's full self-driving system anyway, you have to actually prove that you're a really good driver. I mean, let's try that again. In order to get access to a thing which enables you not to drive the car, but which will nevertheless require you to keep eyes and hands and indeed mind on the car at all times, so decidedly therefore not even level four, let alone level five, in order to get that, you have to prove that you're a really safe driver. So, yeah, there is a bit of, shall we say, I don't know, inconsistent, no, not inconsistency. There's a bit, there's a bit of uh, irony, I guess, to all this, really, but we can discuss this later. So let's dive in and kind of address what these five metrics are and how they work. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. So, um, and I'm just kind of reading through these from, actually, they're all in the same order, which is good. I was going to say, yeah, I'm reading through this uh, from their website, but also from my app, uh, which, by the way, if you are having trouble seeing your safety score, first of all, you've got to make sure you're on the latest version of the app. I think that was 4.1, I think. Um, and then, frankly, just force quit the app, at least on iPhone, and then relaunch it again. Some people have suggested logging out, log back in again. And, of course, make sure your car is on uh, the latest software update. But in any event, here are the different uh, safety score metrics. So there is forward collision warning. There is hard braking. There is aggressive turning. I like that one. There is unsafe following, which is, in my opinion, and at least one other uh, that I've discovered on Twitter, perhaps the most puzzling. And finally, there is forced autopilot disengagements. So... Uh, let me just kind of explain and frankly paraphrase from their website, uh, unless you just want to go there. But the idea is that obviously forward collision warning, this is pretty clear, right? So if the car gives you that big alert that, hey, you're about to crash into somebody and die, well, that obviously is a, is a point against you. Um, now, what's interesting about the forward collision warnings is, and I'm just reading from the website now, that um, events are captured based on the medium forward collision warning sensitivity, regardless of your user's setting in the vehicle. So this is actually kind of a big deal, right? Because some people think that it's a bit too sensitive, so therefore they set it on the, uh, on the shall we say, the less sensitive option of the three. So in other words, it's not going to warn you that you're about to crash into somebody uh, until you're very, very close and the collision is quite imminent. Other people like me have it set on the kind of the earliest warning, so it's going to be quite cautious and really quite conservative. So it'll frankly alert you sometimes a bit unnecessarily. But it turns out that in any event, the calculations here are based on the medium setting, regardless what you've actually set your car to. So that's kind of nice to know. So yeah, forward collision warning, pretty cut and dry, pretty simple to understand. So hard braking, also uh, really quite simple to comprehend. So basically the idea is uh, if you're exercising extreme braking force, this obviously is going to be points docked against you. Um, next one is aggressive turning. So again, if you take a turn uh, with too many lateral Gs, uh, also not good. 
Next up, we've got unsafe following. So yeah, unsafe following, I think, is the one that's the most bizarre because I think it's a bit hypersensitive in the sense that it doesn't take into consideration the particular scenario. So for instance, you know, if you're merging onto a freeway, and I'm almost certain these are where I got points docked against me, if you're merging onto a freeway, there are, by definition, many cars around you, and sometimes to get into a safer or more open lane, you often do have to kind of slot in pretty close to the car in front of you especially if you're moving on to, say, a subsequent lane. Um, and yeah, indeed, for that brief moment, you are perhaps better, you know, closer than you should be to that car in front of you, but it seems to me that's being knocked against you. Thing is, though, I discovered something else, that if I'm on autopilot, and if I change lanes, and if the car ends up closer to the car ahead than I would have expected, the question is, does that work against you too? I suspect it doesn't, because I've read that if the car is on autopilot, whatever happens does not get knocked against you. Um, I don't know though, it's, it's a bit unclear. Um, and finally, we've got forced autopilot disengagements. You know, if something goes wrong, if Tesla judges you've been unsafe and it forcefully disengages autopilot, that obviously will be marked against you. So, Taking a step back for a second, this is pretty neat. As I said, I'm a bit embarrassed I didn't know about these five metrics when I published last week's episode, but no big deal, I guess. Here we are. One of the things I discussed was how it takes into consideration your speed. So I suggested that it wouldn't make any sense whatsoever to consider your speed based against the speed limit, because certainly in much of the US, unlike, say, Germany, if you're going over the speed limit, by a little bit, and indeed even in some cases quite a bit, uh, it just doesn't matter. In fact, in certain areas like Southern California where the posted speed limit is 65, there are virtually zero cars going below 80, and this is okay. So my question was, how is it gonna take this into consideration? I had suggested that it should consider the various other cars around you, and indeed, that seems to be the case. If you're kind of moving along with the flow of traffic and not kind of whizzing past other cars, that seems to be okay, at least to a certain degree. Now, I don't know what would happen if, say, all the traffic on the freeway is flowing at 20, 30 miles an hour over the speed limit. I don't know. But so far, well, clearly what I'm doing and how I'm doing it seems to be okay. Because, as I said, my score started at 97, and it's now up to 98. Speaking of speed, I should clarify that I do have it set to... Um, I forget what the percentage is, but it's in the autopilot settings. Uh, so for instance, if the speed limit on the freeway is 65, it will have me going 72. Now, if I'm honest, here in the New England area, specifically about 40 minutes just north of Boston, uh, even going 72, I'm pretty much getting passed by everybody, including big rig trucks. I'm not joking, not exaggerating. The traffic here really does fly along at Southern California speeds. I would say the average freeway flow rate is actually more like 80 miles an hour on average uh, amongst all the different vehicles. Trucks are definitively going at about 75. So at 72, I am admittedly going a bit under the speed limit of surrounding cars. But regardless, it's working. I am at 98%, which is pretty great. So look, those are the metrics. Um, I will briefly touch on the uh, the math behind it all. Oh, oh, by the way, speaking of math, I forgot to mention, these different metrics, specifically the hard braking and aggressive turning, they actually provide you with specific um, numerical values that they're looking at, right? So, so basically, with respect to hard braking, which they're defining obviously as negative acceleration, right? Uh, it's, you know, any sort of braking in excess of 0.3 Gs uh, is going to work against you. 
right? Uh, with respect to aggressive turning, anything in excess of 0.4 Gs in either direction is going to get you. As a point of reference, with respect to turning, and to kind of give you a bit of context, if you're even reasonably interested in cars generally, you'll be familiar with uh, car magazines and reports generally talking about various performance metrics of sports cars, or well, any car for that matter. And besides your typical kind of zero to 60 time or 60 to zero braking distances. So one of the most popular metrics is what's the G-force rating of your car going around a turn? So a really high performance car will probably do around 0.9 to 1.0 G. A not so performance car will probably top out at around 0.7 to 0.8 G. A minivan might be like 0.6 or 0.7 G. A really high performance car might do like 1.2, 1.3 Gs, especially at higher speeds with proper body work and rear wing and front wing, which kind of help with aerodynamics to keep the car planted on the ground. Formula One cars, for instance, I think top out these days around four or five Gs. Um, in any event, the limit here is 0.4 Gs. Anything above that, and it's going to work against you. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. So those are kind of the uh, numerical kind of thresholds, right? And then the point is they actually show you how the actual math is calculated, which is pretty neat. So they... I'll just read you from the website and you can give it a look yourself. It's probably easier that way, but they say, in order to calculate your daily safety score, we use the predicted collision frequency, PCF formula, uh, to predict how many collisions may occur per 1 million miles driven based on your driving behaviors measured by your Tesla vehicle. And so it's basically taking a multiplier, which, yeah, I'm not going to read this all to you. You can check it out if you'd like. And it applies that multiplier based on the number of times or number of miles or whatever for each of those five different metrics. And then it sort of calculates this weighted score, which ultimately gets spat out as your percentage. Um, what's neat in the app is that when you go pull up your safety score, um, it's a pretty well-designed app. It's not quite perfect in my mind, but suffice to say the first screen that you say, that you see is your aggregated total score, as it says at the top in this case today, right now, this is the score based on driving behavior for September 25 till today, October 1, shows that I've got 98. It's then got the five metrics below. You can then kind of tap a little down arrow and it shows you a bar graph of each of the various metrics changing uh, over time uh, by the day. Then what's cool, if you tap daily details, it again shows you kind of bar graphs over time and you can actually cycle uh, through the days uh, one at a time. And furthermore, within each day, you can see how your score, uh, you know, you can see what your score was for each trip during that day. And it shows you exactly what time of day uh, that particular trip occurred. As, a, as an interesting footnote, this actually saved me from getting a parking ticket the other day because I saw the, uh, the parking enforcement driving by. We were just finishing up lunch. And I realized, gosh, I hadn't made a mental note of when we'd parked, and it's only a two-hour parking limit, uh, a free one at that, so it kind of sucked to get a parking ticket. And I suddenly realized, oh, let me just check the app, see what time I parked, and yeah, obviously that enabled me to avoid a parking ticket. So um, as it turns out, I had like 30 seconds remaining or something. Um, 
Anyway, so look, that's the app. Those are the metrics used. Uh, it's all pretty neat, except, so there's kind of a bunch of questions still remaining, right? So for instance, nobody really knows exactly when this is gonna be granted. We had to show seven consecutive days of good driving data. Um, but you know, one question that at least for me has been left unanswered is, is this seven consecutive days where at least, you know, where every day has at least some non-zero number of miles driven. So for instance, I've had one day so far in these seven days uh, that I did not drive, weirdly enough. And so my question is, is that day totally ignored? Do I then have to show an eighth day? Does it reset my counter to, to zero again? Then I have to do another seven days? Who knows? Um, furthermore, it looks like the deployment of full self-driving beta to those of us who qualified has actually been pushed back yet another week if one of Elon's recent tweets is to be taken at face value. So either way, at least for me anyway, this probably will take uh, another week. Um, and then it's also worth noting that once this is granted, it can actually be rescinded, which, you know, that makes sense. That's good. Um, because indeed, one of the concerns was you know, this is going to be quite dangerous. I know that NHTSA was rather concerned that it's going to be deployed. There's a ton of outspoken critique, uh, quite warranted, I should say, uh, throughout Twitter especially. Folks are really voicing their concerns that this is just catastrophically dangerous. Um, look, I agree. Um, as I've said before, I think it'd be irresponsible of me and, frankly, and inappropriately biased of me not to, uh, you know, voice this concern, to echo this concern, um, I think it is a bit risky, but on the flip side, I have to say, for better or worse, Tesla has effectively given, well, Tesla owners, who at least those who purchased full self-driving beta, it's given them reason to kind of gamify their driving, to make them go out of their way to drive as safely as possible. I mean, I think in general, that's good. I've heard a few bizarre corner cases where somebody wanted to avoid slamming on the brakes to, you know, avoid a pedestrian. And I think rather than slam on the brakes, they kind of just sped past them, around them. That's arguably less safe, obviously, no kidding. Um, but from the standpoint of the safety score being calculated, because the brakes weren't slammed on, then, you know, that was considered safe driving. I don't know. Look, there's, there's going to be all sorts of corner cases. There always are to everything. In any event, it looks like, as I've said, this can be rescinded quite easily. So that's good. And I would imagine it's rescinded sort of forever, at least for the testing phase. Um, and ultimately, uh, just as an aside, this is also showing quite definitively that it's going to probably do a pretty good job for enabling Tesla's uh, insurance program to appropriately, you know, dynamically vary people's uh, insurance premiums if they're on Tesla insurance. Which, by the way, just a quick aside, as a reminder, this is actually available only in California. No, not not full self-driving beta. Um but Tesla insurance, it's still only active in California. And as of the time that we got our car in the summer of 2020, it wasn't yet aggregating driving data to, you know, uh, modify your insurance premium at the time. And indeed, it was quite a bit more expensive than Geico, with which we decided to remain. Um, now that we're in Massachusetts, we don't even have the option to get uh, Tesla insurance, which is a shame. Um, I have heard, however, that somewhat unexpectedly, Tesla insurance is going to get deployed in Texas pretty soon. So we shall see. In any event, look, that is kind of all I have on this for now. So thank you so much for listening. Look, obviously, if you have any questions, uh, please feel free, as always, to reach out to me on Twitter at Autonomous Hogue. Uh, other than that, it is Friday. So, um, well, the weekend is here. Enjoy it. Thank you so much for listening. I'll see you back here, hopefully, next week. Take care. Bye-bye.